Welcome to the Power the Next 100 podcast produced by Penn Athletics. I'm Alana Shanahan, the Director of Athletics here at Penn, and will serve as your host as we spend time with two accomplished former Penn field hockey student athletes. I'd like to welcome Amna Nawaz and Nikki Batiste to today's podcast. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hi. Thank you. So we're very excited to have you today, um, particularly as two former field hockey players who were quite accomplished, both served as captains graduating in the early 2000s. Um, we had Amna graduating from the college in 01 and Nikki graduating from the college in 02 and, and both, um, both with significant achievements across their playing career, uh, both team awards as well as conference awards. So, so thrilled to have two very accomplished uh, alumna with us today and excited to uh, spend a little time with you. So if you don't mind, we'll launch into a few questions and we'll start with, um, let's start with, well, you graduated in the early 2000s, so maybe you can share a little bit about what you've both been up to professionally. And it's interesting that in some respects, um, you have some similarity in your career paths. So maybe we'll start with you, Alma. Uh, yes, and this was not by design, we should say. Like, Nikki and I never talked about this in college. This was no, like, greater plan. This is just pure coincidence and fate, and it makes me so happy. So, I, yeah, um, I graduated in 2001, uh, and I thought I was going to go to law school because that was the good plan for, you know, a good student who's first generation American, and that's what you're supposed to do and have a good steady career. But I didn't want to go straight into a classroom right after undergrad. And so I decided I was going to spend a year doing something else. I landed a journalism internship for like a one year fellowship program in DC and thought, okay, this is where I'm just going to spend some time for a little bit. And I started that in August of 2001. And within weeks, the 9-11 attacks happened, the entire world changed, my place in this world changed. And I just couldn't see myself doing anything else for the rest of my life. I've literally been a journalist since that day. I've never tried or done anything else. And I am a journalist today, I say, because of that day. So I became a foreign correspondent for a while with NBC News. I was an investigative reporter for a bit. I started anchoring at ABC News, doing election coverage. And now I'm the, one of the co-anchors of the PBS NewsHour in Washington, DC. So that's where my journey has brought me. Fabulous, thanks Amna. And it's so exciting, you know, when so many of us, I feel like think we have a sense of our future and then we fall in love with something that was potentially unexpected and it sticks and it's just wonderful when that happens. So Nikki, how about you? Um, well, by the way, I don't think, um, I don't even think I knew that you were in TV until we were both in it um, somehow. But yeah. for me, I actually thought that I would end up, I was actually interviewing on Wall Street at Banks, but um, during my junior year, I spent a semester in Washington, D.C., doing the program there as a part of my PPE major. And as a part of that program, we had to do an independent study. And I was trying to decide what the topic would be for me. And one of the other students going was a journalism student. She was interning at CNN and she, somehow I decided I wanted to do a, a, my independent study on internet crime, which at the time, it was a long time ago, was a relatively new topic concern. And so I reached out to CNN and convinced them to give me an internship with, you know, I didn't have any journalism classes at that point. And that is where I fell in love with journalism doubled and news doubled with the fact that I grew up in a really, really, really tiny rural town in central Pennsylvania. And we didn't have cable. Like you, there was no access to cable. So I grew up watching just the major news networks and loved TV, but it didn't, TV didn't really feel like the dream for my parents. Like Omna said, like, go to law school, go to medical school. 
And so at that point, I decided to, I essentially stalked the Today Show and um, was able to get in the door there and interned with them and then started after college. I had an offer from Morgan Stanley, and then I had an offer from the PAGE program at NBC. I won't tell you what they paid then, <laughs> um, but I decided to go for it. So I started as a PAGE at NBC in my career and worked at the Today Show, went to ABC. I was a producer for a long time. I know Omna started as a producer too, and then switched to reporting on camera at CBS News about six years ago. So now I'm a national correspondent at CBS News. Um, and I'm very proud of Om. She's my, my Penfield hockey hero. And I'm two working moms. I have to say, really... being humble, she's straight killing it in her career. <laughs> like she is one of the best out there. It is so fun to uh, kind of just honestly to understand like the, you know, the fact that you've both so close together on the same team doing some of the same type of work is just um, this, I have to say it's a bit of an oddity, but one that is uh, for, good for great storytelling as far as uh, your experiences. Hey, the goal is to get back together again somehow, Nikki. Like we have to find yeah. our yes. network. Yes. Maybe this will help with that. We're hosting a show yes. or something. Let's make that. Tell, P tell PBS right. that I'll come fill in as your co-anchor. There you go. <laughs> I like that. That sounds like a good start. <laughs> All right. So obviously you're both kind of enjoying and found a, a career passion. I'm wondering if, if during your time at Penn, um, you know, is there a particular memory or a particular incident that you feel was just incredibly impactful on who you've become today or, you know, how you have kind of grown personally or professionally, but something that you're like, wow, that experience at Penn was really meaningful. And it doesn't have to be an athletic experience. I'm just curious because I have found that most people have at least one. Yes, I'll answer that. I, this was a, a big moment in my life and it happened to come in the field hockey as a part of the field hockey team at Penn. <clears throat> I came in as a freshman. I was recruited like we all, all were to come play at Penn and which was amazing. Played a little bit my freshman year. Then my sophomore year, I was cut from the travel team. And I remember thinking it was the first time really I felt like I completely failed and mm -hmm. the complete rejection. And I remember debating whether or not I should quit or go the opposite route and just prove that it was a big mistake. So I, I chose the opposite route and I, I worked really, really hard that season in practice. And, you know, we would play in practice at the end of practice and was able to prove that I was worthy of the next year as my junior year ended up starting, I think every game. Um, so that for me was critical because it, I could have taken two different paths and honestly, field hockey, it was, has been as valuable in my life and, journey as any class I took at Penn. So I'm glad that I, I made that decision. And, and TV is a tough business. So just having that grit and the, the ability to ignore rejection uh, has also proven valuable in my career. Can I just say like my memories of Nikki on the team, I didn't even remember that you were not on the travel team that year, truly, because if anyone asked me like, oh, what was she like as a player? Like my memory of you is like, one of the hardest working teammates out there, always had a positive attitude, like threw your whole self into it. Like that's obvious apparent in the way you live your life and you do your work now. But like, I don't even remember that because of how well you were doing all the rest of the time. But it, it's so true, like so much of our strength and perseverance was forged 
through that team and on that field, not because we were doing so well, because there was success around every corner, <laughs> but because it was really hard and you have to fail a bunch of times before you actually get to success. That's, it's something we carry today. I know I do. Yeah, no question. Yes, I feel, yeah, there's a lot of moments in having these conversations that speak to the resilience building opportunities that we had as college athletes that we may have had more of on the field than in the classroom and that many of us treasure because they've, you know, they've allowed us to kind of progress today, whether again, it's in a career or in other places in really meaningful ways. So uh, no question. It was, uh, that's uh, a nice reflection, Nikki. Um, this is another one that asks you both to reflect a bit. Um, and it, it goes back to that, and I'm sure you've heard it, but when you think back on your college experience, it's, it's basically, what would you tell your 18-year-old self now? You know, what would you, what would you, what, what piece of wisdom would you share with your 18 to 22-year-old self now, given where you are in your, in your lives and your careers? Oh and maybe Amna will start with you. So, so much, so much, but also <laughs> nothing, because I do think all the mistakes that I made, and there were a lot, and all the lessons that I learned, and there were many, I think they all got me where I am today. I really do believe like you're a cumulative sort of holder of all your experiences. And I wouldn't trade my path for anything, the good times and the bad. But I think if there's one thing I wish I could have told myself, because I, I was a worrier, I still am, and I wanted to plan, I wanted to know what was going to happen, I wanted to know it was going to be okay. I had a lot of uncertainty coming out of school because I didn't know that this was going to be the path for me, whether it was going to be law school, I hadn't fallen into journalism yet. I think I, I'd really just like to tell my younger self and other younger women out there, like, it's going to be okay. Like what got you where you are right now is going to carry you for the rest of your years. It's already in you. You already carry it. You just have to give it a chance to develop and flourish and come out. And I think worrying is just something we all do anyway, especially if you have some anxiety like I do, but it's, I wish there'd been more people telling me you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Yeah. How about you, Nikki? I think two things come to mind. I think just number one, I would tell myself you're about to go on a hell of a ride. Buckle <laughs> up. It's going to be a great journey. I mean, for me coming from a small town that I did and a poor town, a working class town, it was, you know, it's been a dream life, really. And I think the other thing that comes to mind is just, I wish someone had told me, save more money younger, <laughs> invest more money younger. <laughs> That's my only other thought. That financial literacy piece that we all stress <laughs> now. We didn't necessarily don't, stress back in the early 2000s. <laughs> don't, don't pay New York City rents for 10 years. Find a way to save up and buy a tiny studio. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right, so maybe uh, maybe we can pivot a bit and talk a little bit about just kind of women's athletics at Penn and Title IX. And obviously with Power of the Next 100, we're celebrating 100 years of women's athletics and we're excited about the types of experiences we can deliver in the next 100 years. So thoughts about how you feel Title IX has impacted your life or thoughts as to what you hope future female Penn student athletes will experience as we move into the next 100 years. You know, I'll say I, I recently did a story on the anniversary of Title IX, and I think what's most striking to me is, A, how far we've come, like the incredible progress we've all made and the opportunities available to young women across the country, but also how far we have to go, which is deeply disappointing. Um, and there are still so many structural and institutional efforts in place 
to prevent the kind of equal access and opportunity that the law was intended to provide for all, depending on where you are and what sport you play or you know, how well-funded your school district is or your institution and all those kinds of things. And so, like, if anything, I think certainly it changed the way women can participate and girls can participate in sports, which for me personally was life-changing. Sports were a huge part of my upbringing, a huge part of my collegial career. It's a huge part of who I am even today. Um, but I think a lot about all the many young women who may never get that opportunity still today. And I have to say, it fills me with a white hot rage <laughs> because you know I'm, I'm a mother to two girls. I, I cover a lot of issues around young women and girls in particular, and it is maddening. It's maddening that it is not something that's just the norm yet. Mm -hmm. And so I reflect on that to say it's wonderful, all the work that's been done, but man, we have a lot of work to do. No question. No question. So um, maybe we can we can pivot to some fun personal questions around your experiences at Penn. So maybe a favorite class, a favorite trip, um, a silly memory of something that you'll never forget that happened on a field hockey field or on a bus trip, but something that may resonate with some of our listeners as far as an experience they may are, have shared. Some of these are not suitable for- Right, that's a good point. <laughs> probably the, uh, the R-rated version of our podcast. <laughs> I do have a lot of bus memories, field hockey bus memories, which were rather fun. Yeah. And locker room memories. Um, do you have one? Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I was so broke in college. I didn't travel anywhere unless it was with the field hockey team. Yeah. And actually that's the one thing I would have told, I would tell my 18 year old self study abroad because I hadn't traveled really. My family, you know, we didn't have the, we didn't travel. And so I didn't understand the value in that until I was just out of Penn. And I, it's my biggest regret is not travel, not studying abroad, which I, know, I think you did, Alms, right? I did. It was not, I will say, and the coach is no longer there, so I can say this, like it was not welcomed on the team. I was right. It was not doing it, but uh, I went anyway and came back and y'all voted me captain. So I, ha I had to be on the team. <laughs> <laughs> it all works out, Alms. It all works out. <laughs> It all works out. No, I have a lot of like really good bus memories and locker room memories. Again, not suitable for sharing here. Honestly, it, it's weird to look back on it now because it wasn't fun at the time. But I was just thinking the other day because I was back on Franklin Field for commencement last year and being there it was like visceral. The um, just the memories come flooding back. I remember preseason in particular when you have the whole campus to yourself and it's just you and your girls and it's just the team and you're spending all of your time together it was like two a days and three a days you were yeah. eating all our meals non-stop field hockey no. Not so, and it was awful like it was 100 degrees on the turf it was it felt really really bad no. but it was a lot of fun like it's just it's no. a time we'll never get back and um I don't miss the gauntlet like that time like two miles with the rest and the one mile with the rest and they like I, I don't miss that but I miss we all that. have that hated run test memory oh, yeah it was like the first day of preseason at 5 a.m oh I remember as a freshman that. arriving at Franklin Field just meeting my teammates and they're like okay run as fast as you can. let's have a race um it was brutal <laughs> there there is really something special about I know the field hockey team has a different field now but there is really something incredible about walking into Franklin Field at five in the morning and having it all to yourself with your teammates. Yes. 
I think that that's one of those incredible. lovely sort of preseason experiences when you don't have a lot of distractions. It is sort of your team and just your team and you, yes, you're waking up at dawn and it is, it's, um, it's different and it's special and it doesn't last forever, thankfully, because <laughs> two days can only last so long before people are exhausted <laughs> and falling apart. But I, I do think about those sort of bonding moments and uh, the strength we build through those experiences. And it, uh, it, you definitely walk away with a few memories, some pleasant and some not so pleasant, but memories nonetheless. <laughs> I do miss it. I would give anything to go back and have a field hockey season again. No, and I feel like for, you know, I, I played lacrosse and for those of us that play team sports that aren't exactly readily available once you hit uh, later stages of life, it is unfortunate because you remember how much joy you took from participating in this particular sport and it's just not around the corner the way tennis and golf can be for uh, for many others that uh, took advantage of those sports in college, but uh, but they are they were special times, there's no doubt. I will say the joy in watching my girl, I've got them like little field hockey sticks and they're doing yeah. clinics now locally. Yes. The joy in watching them play is, yeah. it's it's unlike anything I've ever felt. Yes, no, I would agree. I feel like that does, want to play or not, but. yeah, that does tend to take a little bit of the place, like watching your own children participate in sports and the joy that it can bring them and even competitive, former competitive juices that play out. Yeah. It, uh, it you does be silent on the sidelines too. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, Don't be that I parent. A, <laughs> sorry. I have a, I have a daughter on the way and I, 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 I know that someone has already bought her a little field hockey stick. So we'll see. <laughs> it usually doesn't take long. <laughs> All right. So one, um, actually one non-question last question. Um, I've asked obviously a, a series of questions, but I'd be curious what question had you had hoped I would have asked, but I didn't, or is there a thought that you'd be inclined to share as we wrap up? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess I have a thought. I think you know, how do I say this without most, most students that get to go to Penn, not all, but most come from privileged lives and privileged backgrounds. And obviously the opportunity to go to a university and Ivy league school like Penn is incredible. And, you know, when I grew up, I'd, I'd never even heard of the Ivy league until I was recruited by some of them schools. And so I think you know, for any, I think that my message is for any students and athletes that might hear this, just to really always keep perspective about how lucky we are. And just because we have this privilege and this opportunity doesn't mean that you won't have to work hard. Doesn't, you know, it'll help you. It certainly will open doors for you, but just to try to always maintain some humility and perspective, not just in your career, but in life. And be kind and um, be grateful and, and try to try to remember that, you know, that, that this life is, is that how lucky we are, which I often think about because I, you know, even when I go back to my small hometown, I'm reminded like, wow, how did, how did I end up in this life? I'm so lucky. Yeah, Nikki, it's a lovely sentiment. And it's actually one that um, our relatively new Dean of Admissions at Penn is really fostering to the point that she now requires, I believe as part of your essay preparation for your Penn application, an essay, actually I don't think it's an essay, I think she asks that you write a letter expressing gratitude to somebody who made a meaningful difference in your life to help obviously our, our applicants and our future you know, Penn College students 
to help remind them, because I think we all have that moment, you know, 10, 15 years out, just the, gra the, the gratitude and appreciation we feel for the opportunity. Um, maybe less so at 18 and coming into Penn, do we feel that same gratitude or humility around, you know, what the future can be. But I, I think it's been a wonderful initiative and something that um, we all need probably a reminder, but I think our, you know, our 18 year old friends, I think it's just a healthy, hey, let's take a deep breath and think about this and how, how lucky and privileged um, and grateful we should be for this type of opportunity, so. Yeah, right. that's great that she's the president's doing that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a really fun initiative to watch grow over the last year, yeah. Um, any concluding uh, thoughts from you? Anything that you would uh, wish I had asked but didn't or that you would share in closing? Uh, no, I'm grateful you didn't ask um, embarrassing questions. I'm grateful also <laughs> to college at a time before Instagram, so I am still employable yeah. to this day. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think Nikki's ending note is a perfect one, like gratitude, yeah. something we should all exercise more. And, and I like that it's being instilled in our pen community even earlier. No question. Well, wonderful. Well, Nikki, Amna, yes. Thank you both for, for joining me today. And it's been a pleasure spending time with you both. Thank you. Go Penfield Hockey. <laughs> Thanks, Alana. Sure. Thanks, Alana.